Awesome, yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks so much, Greg, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I think, first things first, uh, it's such an honor and a privilege to be standing in front of everyone and to be able to share the word of God um, to you all. I know me and my boat feel the exact same way, both feel it's such an honor and a privilege. I just want to thank the, the fathers and mothers of the house for uh, allowing us this opportunity. So um, <laughs> it is awesome to be here, and I'm so happy to, to be able to share. Uh, <laughs> I'm very excited for this message that God has put on both mine and my boat's heart. Um, so essentially what we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing a, a dynamic sharing together. So it's going to be quite cool. I'm very excited for it. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to say all the father figures out there and the fathers, oh, we really do. We so appreciate you and the roles that you play in our lives. I know I've got, a f- <laughs> I've got quite a few father figures in my life and um, without them, I, literally, I wouldn't be here today. Um, and so really, you guys are so vital in our upbringing and just honestly, where we are today, it is, it's so beautiful. So thank you for that and keep being you. <laughs> awesome, go my butt. Good morning, beautiful people. Good morning. Is it all good? Just want to start off saying this morning, just all glory to God. For me to be able to stand to this morning is an absolute miracle. Yeah. About 14 years ago, when I was 8 years old, I got a disease called Landon Kleffner Syndrome. And Probably 99% of you have no idea what that is. I'm not going to go into depth of what that is. But basically what happened was the enemy intended to steal my voice. And to be able to stand here this morning and being able to share with you guys about the gospel is an absolute miracle. And it's a blessing. So just all glory to God with that. And just want to say just before I start again... um, Dad, you're an absolute amazing human to be able to wake up in the morning and see outside on your bench, just getting to know the Father. It's the reason why both of us are up here this morning, because we've seen the love of the Father in you, and we've been able to get to know the Father through just seeing you, and that's pushed us towards Him. So thank you. Okay. Just going to kick off here. So our preachers on the glory of God and denying ourselves. God made man with intention. Looking at Genesis 1 verse 27, God created human beings in his own image. The intention was to multiply his image. When we look at verse 28, it says, then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Life apart from pursuing his image is outside of your created value. And if that's how you want to live your life, life will be a grind because you are living outside of grace and empowerment. So I want to ask you this. Why would God empower you for something that you weren't created for? Just ponder that. Why would God empower you for something that you weren't created for? So if you are a Christian for any other reason other than to pursue his his image, manifest who he is in him, in love, and through the Spirit, then you'd have to question, why am I a Christian? The goal is transformation. It is new life through Jesus Christ. To put off the old man and his deeds, 
and to put on the new man who is renewed in his knowledge according to the image of him who created you. And that is Colossians 3.10. The goal is becoming Christ-like. It is walking in the light as he is in the light. Walking in love as he loved. And we are destined to conform to the image of his son and not to conform to the patterns of this world. He glorifies us by filling us with the Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, which empowers us to manifest Him and make Him known. I love this quote from Dan Moley. He says, The glory of God revealed is the nature of God made known. So, am I a Christian for blessing? Am I a Christian for protection? Or am, I just, or am I a Christian just to get to heaven when I die one day? No. The power of the cross, the power of the cross of Christ is not fulfilled in a man when a man merely prays a prayer to get in one day. The power of the cross of Christ is fulfilled in a man when a man's nature is restored back to its original nature restored back to love because the image of God is love God made man to love but when Adam ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil he got cut off from the source of love and became bankrupt and in need of love and every man since then has been born into that corruptible seed into Adam and that is why we must be born again It's not about what he can do for us, guys. It is not about what he can do for us. It's what we can become in him and by him. What he can do for us is awesome. It's the blessings of the Lord. But if all you do is emphasize getting something from him and never becoming something because of him, you will completely miss the point. And then, if that's the case, life will speak louder than truth, and that is an issue because truth is where you find freedom. Then all of a sudden, you're only as good as life is going, walking more by sight and feeling rather than truth, and that's an issue. Life is good in God, so when you sing of the goodness of God, you're not finding the goodness of God through the way life is unfolding, but rather finding the goodness of God through the fact that he sent his son while we were yet sinners. It has never been about you. It's been about a relationship with you. It's been about Christ in you from the beginning. God made you in his image to reveal his glorious image on the earth. We became self-absorbed when Adam sinned and fell away from God. So that is why Jesus took sin upon himself and became a curse on the cross for us, taking it off you. Not just to take away the things that were bad, but to take away the effects of that sin, making you think selfishly, making you defend yourself, justifying yourself. And that is why, guys, we need to honestly, we need to deny ourselves and follow him. 
Denying yourself doesn't mean that you don't go to the movies, you don't go play golf, you don't joke around. Denying yourself means that you don't take life personally, making everything about you. But rather you take the gospel personally. So you walk in love and never lose the sight of the value of people. So good, Brie. I love Francis Chan's take on this, where there is nothing wrong with having a lot of influence. There's nothing wrong with making money. There's nothing wrong with becoming popular. But there is a lie that we tend to believe, right? Where we think that we must increase so that he can increase. Yet the kingdom of God works differently. It works differently to the rest of the world. The gospel of John in John 3 It speaks about John the Baptist actively decreasing so that the Lord may increase, right? Jesus is the one increasing, and we are here on this earth to be in that relationship with him. We are doing his will. We're being obedient to him and allowing him to lead us and guide us on this journey that we call life. As we decrease, by this I mean not making everything about ourselves, and allow Jesus to increase us. His glory is made manifest within us and through us. We are transformed into his likeness. Those around us that come into contact with us every day, they get to experience this glory made manifest. They experience his love through us. They experience the presence that is Jesus working through us. The hope of glory and they will want to know exactly what that is. So, allow the Lord to enter in. Allow him to transform you and make an impact on those around you. So, we're gonna be reading from Ephesians 1, 3 through to 14. You guys can bring that up for me. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. (laughs) His will is good for us. He's a good father. And it's to the praise of his glory, of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made abound to us, which he made abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure. There it is again. He's got a good will for us which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, in him. In him we also have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to his purpose, according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory, in him you also trusted, after you, have word, after you have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, 
having believed, we were sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit is inside of us. He's working through us. He's leading and guiding us. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. This basically sums up our position in Christ, right? That we have been given every spiritual blessing. We are chosen. We are blameless. Adopted. Accepted. Forgiven. Predestined. And sealed by the Holy Spirit. We are a united people highlighting Christ's triumph. And Paul prays that we may know Christ's victorious fullness while resisting the devil and facing life's trials. Through his people, which is the church, that's us, Christ has unveiled the higher purpose. Ephesians 1 is the fulfillment of previous prophecies from the Old Testament, right? Ones I'm going to focus on here being Isaiah 6 and Habakkuk 2, where the glory of the Lord fills the earth. Isaiah 6 says this, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And Habakkuk 2 verses 14, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Time and time again, the prophecies of the Old Testament point to the glorious coming of the Messiah, one who will bring comfort, guidance, one who will flatten the mountains and raise the valleys, as Isaiah 40 prophesies, and again in Isaiah 60, where the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen in you. For me, the beauty of the Old Testament is the consistent theme throughout the canon of Scripture, the glory of the Lord shining upon his people, and the fact that each interaction with his people was pointing to something greater, something coming that would change the world forever. Did you know that scholars believe there to be over 570 verses referencing the coming Messiah and more than 450 verses prophesying the life of Jesus and what would happen to him and how things would go? That is crazy that over thousands and thousands of years, the same message was spoken about over and over again. The glory of the Lord is within us. That Christ Jesus in you is the hope of glory. Therefore, we as the church are called to be his glory. That we are here on earth as revealers of the glory of God. And we will cover the earth. We will cover the whole earth. We carry his glory within us and are showing who he is to the rest of the world. We are bringing his kingdom of God here on earth just by being our unique selves, having been transformed in the image of Christ. That we are all here with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. That's Corinthians 2, 3 verses 18. I just want to share this one quote from Bill Johnson. 
the degree to which we perceive the face of God corresponds directly to the degree of our yieldedness to the transforming work of the Holy Spirit. The impulse that drives the life of the believer is not the need to perform, but rather to commune with Him. Only when we perceive the face of the one in whose image that we were made, do we come to know who we are and the one for whom we are made. And because of who he is, to behold him and all that that means and to remain unchanged is simply impossible. God wants to come inside you and he wants to change you from the inside out. He wants to give you a new life, as it says in John 10.10. The question us Christians have to ask ourselves is whether we are satisfied with partial transformation or whether we will be so captivated by who he is that we allow him to kill everything in us that would inhibit us from becoming pure, mature manifestations of Christ. 1 Timothy 1 verse verse 5 says, The goal of our instruction is love. The goal of our commandment is love. And love takes no account of wrong. Because love doesn't seek its own, it denies itself, it picks up its cross, and it follows him. Now guys, that is Christianity. Most of the times when we say, I love you, there are so many strings attached to that. Most often when we say, I love you, you're expecting an I love you back. And what we're actually saying when you say, I love you is, I love what you do for me. I love how you make me feel. I love how you make it work. So Adam was made in God's image. This implies that he was able to love like God and think like God, right? In the beginning, but it was all lost, died when he ate from the tree. So Jesus came in the flesh, representing the Father, to pay the price to redeem what had been lost, to bring us back to the Father, to bring us back into relationship, so that the Father can be in us, and so that we can get on living what he intended to from the beginning, as new creations, as if sin never happened, and nothing died. But if I'm not careful, I can make it about me, and what I can get from him, instead of who I can become because of him. Colossians 3, 2 verses 4 says this, to set your mind on things above, not on things of this world. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And so I got this picture I lost encounter evening was a Thursday evening. And to be honest with you, it was a portion of what you just described in worship there. So you got a very similar picture. And you'll see the similarities now. <laughs> that was names, by the way. Um, I got this picture of a father and a son playing ball together. They were just throwing this red ball towards each other and catching it and throwing it back and forth. And the father threw this ball 
to the sun, and the sun drops, and it goes behind him, and he runs to try and pick it up. As he picks up this ball, the father's right there behind him and grabs him in his arms and picks him up and swings him around and is twirling him back and forth. And the kid and the father are just laughing. And there's just this love between them. Such a beautiful picture, right? It then flips to this. See the father sitting on the throne. That same father was sitting on the throne, right? And the kid, the son, was bowing down before him, just praising him, basking in his presence and his glory. Remember, guys, he is the father. He is your loving father. He's a warm presence with unconditional love. He is forever there. And he just wants to love on you, right? In, the, in saying that, in the exact same picture, he is the most holy. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And there is nobody more glorious. There is nobody more worthy than him. There is no power greater. There is none. He is the one. And his glory resides in you. So when you wake up in the morning, you have to believe that the blood of Jesus is speaking better things over you. You can't get tricked into waking up and trying to do better. You have got to wake up and simply enjoy being his. You've got to believe that he is for you and not against you. You have got to believe that you are forgiven, that you're a son, and that your heart says you want that. Because faith is what qualifies you. It says that in Ephesians 2, you have been saved by grace through faith. He did the work, you believe it. There's a reason. As a man thinketh, so is he. I just want to end off with a prayer from Ephesians 1. So if you just want to close your eyes or bow your heads or whatever, I just want to pray this over you guys. I pray that the Father of glory the God of our Lord Jesus Christ would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. I pray that the light of God would illuminate the eyes of your heart, flooding you with the light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us his holy ones. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Lovely. Thank you, thank you.